0: Hi everybody, this is Julissa. Thank you again so much for coming back to my um, podcast. I wanna continue and give you part two and hopefully it's the final part of me speaking about our growing up in zona colonial in the Dominican Republic and having a crazy man as our next door neighbor. And if you heard part one, I finish up by saying that We were just returning back home. It was late at night. I remember being super tired. We just, um, me, my mom, my sister, and then my mom's cousin and her kids, we have just gone down to Plaza España because her, my mom's cousin was coming from, New York City to visit us and we wanted just to, you know, enjoy the day, do some sightseeing, and there's a we live in a very tourist area, so there's a lot to do, and we wanted to get the most out of it. And in those days we didn't have cell phones, so and we didn't have a car. My mom didn't own a car, so we were just walking everywhere we had to go, you know, especially if it was you know within 30 minutes. If it something far away, we would definitely take a taxi. But like I said, we live in a very exclusive area of the Dominican Republic where there was a lot of sightseeing, a lot of tourists all the time. You will see tourists every day <laughs> and tour guys and tour buses and a lot of foreign people speaking English too, walking down the streets and so we enjoy taking always every time we had like visitors come over we enjoyed taking them out and showing and you know going places within walking distance so that night I remember coming back being so tired because we walked a lot and you know we had ice cream we had dinner and we were just tired waiting to just get home wind down you know relaxing we were still had people over you know they were our guests in the home but we 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 were all tired, so just turning the corner, I remember turning the corner and seeing the group of people outside our house and the neighbors calling my mom, Come, come, you guys, come, where you guys been? Um, the young crazy neighbor burned down the house, and that if that doesn't shock you, that I mean, you can only imagine I me, mean, I was a young. I was not even like ten years old, and I remember just being completely shocked and it's so crazy because i I felt so like concerned for my mother that I had to deal with this not only did she had family over, she had to deal with us, me and my sister, and just being you know there in the moment and making decisions and taking care of us and it was just. It was—it's a moment I never forget, and I—I I believe when we when we got there, the the firemen already left, so everything was open. And, you know, like I said to you guys in my previous episode, we share a house, and even so much so, it was a large house divided by into sections, into sections. So we had the bigger part of the house, and they were renting the, the other side with just one bedroom but we all shared the bathroom you know separate patios and all of that but we all shared the bathroom and I remember um just getting there you know thankfully like our side of the home had light had power and you know they they called us over and the fireman was not there anymore but they were like our doors were open And the neighbor's house that burned down, they were, I think they were gone. By the time we got there, they were already gone. But all these people, like, are are right outside our house. And the crazy thing is, like, it was so, like, public everything that happened and there was nobody there to kind of like not let people inside I mean nobody was stealing nothing like that we got really good neighbors I mean my family was in the house for years but I remember just being so like vulnerable to that feeling of like wow not only did he burn the side of his side of the home we have all these people around here looking at us kind of like it's so strange like I felt so naked so like like embarrassed because you know now we were able to manage living with somebody like next doors for so long but now it was so all in the public and we were definitely affected and i remember like this is me like and like i said i was not even 10 years old i remember one thing i remember my mom it was late at night and my mom said i'm gonna call your dad and we were thinking like okay like nothing much I could say but like I knew my dad didn't live in the Dominican and my dad lives he you know he was living here in New York City and my mom picked up the phone and she called him like she she got somebody's phone excuse me to call him and she said um and I remember that conversation that she had with my mom that she had with my dad and she was so upset afterwards and here she is a divorced mom single parent taking care of it, of the of things that are immediate need. And I said, mom, what did he say to you? Because she hang up like I saw her get upset and hang up right after the call. And she said, your dad got so angry at me. He screamed and yelled and said, what do you expect me to do? I'm in a different country. And I understand like for my mom, here's my mom who took care of everything we ever needed you know she was a fire you know she's still a fire like she takes care of everything and tracing us together having a job a good job like career woman and dealing taking care of her mom too when she got sick and she i guess sometimes here's the thing guys like sometimes you call people in the moment of need but sometimes you don't really want them to do anything for you you just want somebody to basically be there even if it's a mental moment like a lot of the times I feel because I get that a lot sometimes when people with people this is why sometimes I just keep to myself and just deal with my problems because a lot of the times you share a need that you have people and instead of just listening and just being there in that moment of need with you for some reason people think that you you are expecting them to resolve your problem and sometimes it's nothing like that it's like I am like I understand why at the moment I didn't but I can understand now the reason why my mom called my dad when that happened even though he was living in a different country even though it was late at night like my mom had to deal with so much going on in that moment all this old imagine like all of that is having so many people outside your home you know this the other side of the house completely burned and thankfully thanks to thanks to jesus our side of the home didn't even get burned at all that's another thing like that that's how you see God working throughout the whole thing and one thing I have to say nothing happened to the neighbor the crazy neighbor the mom or the brother The only thing that happened that was very unfortunate was that all of the paintings, I remember him being so so sad and everybody telling us, you know, he lost all of his work. But, you know, that's material stuff and it's unfortunate. But thankfully, nothing really happened to, nothing really happened to, you know, to any of them. and, And we were not even home. So God even took care of that. So if in that moment where that neighbor was going crazy and decided to do what he wanted to do we were not even home and even if we were home that fire neighbor didn't even reach us even though we share a complete house so that was that but i remember i think now the reason why my mom called my dad it's like i am here <laughs> in this vulnerable moment i feel so like powerless i have nowhere to go like what the place where i was coming home to to sleep like we don't even know we could stay here for the night i have your two daughters i have people over like i just want somebody to at least guide me on what to do next and he got upset with her and he yelled at her and said what do you expect me to do and then and that's what i'm saying guys sometimes when people call you and they're going through something this is just a gentle reminder, not everybody wants you to resolve their problem, they just want you to want perhaps just listen to them, pray with them, and just be there with them in that moment, because like I always say, it takes a lot for people to ask for help, you know, especially like independent people that never call you for anything, So if they call you at one point or another, and you're gonna get upset with them, that is the worst thing you can do. But anyways, continue on with the story. So, I remember going with my mom's cousin because she said, Julie, let's go get something so we can have some food. Let's go to the nearest um, bodega. And I remember walking with her, you know, the press came over. I remember the press came over, and my mom said, I don't want any press here. We're not going to talk, speak with the press because of my two. Like she always thought about us first. She said, I don't want my kids to be, you know, spoken of in their school. I don't want their, the classmates to know about this I don't want them to be public that something happened in their home especially a fire so I remember she turning down the press She's like I am not speaking to any press right now okay and then you know as time went on it was like 10 11 p.m people started you know going back to their houses thankfully like I said we were okay to go back I know the other side of the home was unhabitable, so they were not allowed to stay, so they immediately left, I guess, somewhere, because we never saw them again, I, I believe they lost everything, um, so they were just, basically, just, like, took off, and they took off to their, to the, the lady's sister, somewhere far in the other side of Santo Domingo, so we basically never saw them again, and. I remember not really hearing from them, but you know, in that moment when that happened, I went walk over to the bodega with my, you know, with my mom's cousin, which is my cousin too, but I used to call her tía, and I walked over and she said, let's let's go get something to eat so we can have breakfast or something for tomorrow, and. I said to her, you know, I think everything's closed by now, but I know there's one that stays laid open. She's like, okay, let's go to that one. And it was like four blocks away, and we walked over, got something, and came back. And when I came back, this was weird because this is why people react in the moment. When I came back, I saw a little... uh, uh, I guess they call it a motor control. it's like a little um, scooter that came by, and I recognized the driver, and it was like, it's not, it was not, it was my uncle, right, my uncle from my dad's side, and another, and the husband of, of my aunt, so my other uncle, and I was like, well, you guys are here, she's like, oh yeah, your dad called us, and we came over, you know, just to bring you guys some money, and I'm like, oh, see, you know, it's almost like my dad reacted in such a bad way, but then he acted up and thought about it, this is why you have to be so careful how you react in moments, especially when you let your emotions lead you, he got, my mom got yelled at just because she called him, but then he, he kind of like thought at it, thought about it afterwards, and then he, because he had all his family there, you know, they live far away, but you know, this is an emergency. So I guess he made my two, my uncles come over lay and night, you know, and they don't, they didn't live in the best neighborhood either. So they came late and night in the motor scooter, I guess you can say, and they brought us, um, I remember them giving cash to my mom, and she and they said, you know, this is from their dad, from their dad, so that you guys can have some help now, and then they went off, because it was getting, it was getting late, you don't want to be around in the city so late, especially in the neighborhood where they, they had to go back to, but and they just came to make sure we were okay, and things like that, but, and you know, it was because my dad called them. And this is why you have to be so careful how you react in in a moment of emotions or whatever. You know, just think about it first. Um, So anyway, so that happened. And I guess, you know, throughout the time, the months passed by. And, you know, we were praising God. Thank you, God, that the fire didn't come to our home. You know, now this crazy man no longer comes around. Like, he he wouldn't live next to them. Thank God they were okay, but thank God they don't no longer live near us. But then something weird started happening. Because at that point, it was just me, my mom, my sister living in that huge house. And the other side was still, like, I guess you can say under construction. So it was a big very big house and it was just the three of us and during the day you know we would go to school my mom dropped us over school and go to work and we'll all come back all together and during that time very, very rarely people would come visit because my grandmother from my mom's side she was in Santiago you know because she got sick and it was like you know it was very empty very quiet and you know my cousin would come and visit sometimes that she's still living this in Santo Domingo, but not not a lot of traffic, um, a lot of people. But then, at night, it was just me, my mom, my sister. And then what happened? What started happening was, I'm I'm gonna say maybe eight months afterwards, late at night, we used to hear these loud bangs coming on the other side where the crazy neighbor used to live. So on that side that it was still empty under construction you know my mom was paying this guy to help kind of like clean out the mess and repaint and redo that side and in the middle of the night for a consecutive time like I don't know for how many weeks the crazy man would come and he would bang on the door like crazy so imagine you know my 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 grandfather wasn't there anymore and imagine my mom with two girl young girls like me and my sister we were not even like 12 years old because I remember that happened couple years before we moved to the U.S. so I was I came to the U.S. when I was 12 so I was like around ten, ten 10 years old nine years old and I'm the youngest so imagine being in bed with your two daughters in this huge house you know, everything locked up or whatever, in the middle of the night, you hear this banging, and the guy would yell out, Italia, Italia, and Italia was his mom's name, and that is, I remember just having this fear of me, and and my mom was so scared, man, my mom was so scared, and but, you know, it's almost like you see somebody being scared, but they're still ready to go into battle. Like, she was so fierce within her own fear. Um, because I remember we would turn on the light and go by the door where he was knocking. Because we were able to still walk to the other side of the house. And my mom would yell his name and say, get out. You need to stop doing that. She doesn't leave here anymore. So a few moments will pass, and he will leave, right, and we're like, okay, let's go back to bed, and then if that day, he will come back half an hour after, same thing, like the banging on the door was so strong, I remember my mom took a huge bar, wooden bar, and put it behind the door, right, the other side was locked up, and it was good, but then on the side that where they used to live, my mom put this huge um, bar behind the door with two clamps so that in case he break open the door he couldn't come in and she will be saying like you know you have to leave she will call him by his name he you, they don't leave here anymore you have to leave and that went on guys for a few months so much so that my mom went to the local police and she actually um and you can hear my heater now come on i hope you don't have to hear that but my mom went and got the local police, and she said, you know, I live with my two daughters by myself, and we're having this situation, and they're like, you know, we gotta catch him when he's doing it, there's no, we have no evidence, we want to catch him when he's doing it, so my mom, what they were able to do for her was, they sent a policeman to sleep over a couple nights there, and he was not sleeping, like, it was not for leash, like, he was just staying in, Um, I think my mom gave him my grandmother's room, and the crazy thing, guys, is that you think people will be concerned with you and see that the situation that you're in every single time. I think the cop came maybe like within a week. He came like three times just to sleep there to see, to see how, um, you know, if this guy comes in the middle of the night, every single time the cop was Pending the night, just the night there to see how this man comes and disturbs our, you know, our night in our home. The guy never came back. The crazy guy never came back those nights. And then he will come the next night when the cop was not there. And we were like, what is going on? And because, you know, there's, you know, people speak, they talk around so eventually we found out that some of the other neighbors were telling the guy don't go this night because they do have a policeman sleeping there waiting to catch you i mean are you kidding me you think people are like one the best for you let me tell you guys even if they see you in the moment like we went through that fire my mom is on her own taking care of two young girls like she doesn't have a man in the house the police is doing the only thing they could do is to catch this guys to send somebody and that costs money just to have that policeman there you know my mom's on my my uncles like they live here in the u.s because i remember my mom would say a lot she said man if my if your uncle was here this would never happen um she will always say that to me and then, at one point, it's so crazy because at one point, my mom said to me, "You know, Julie, I'm a little afraid to have this policeman here." I said, "What are you talking about? He's here for for protection." She said, "Yeah, but you know, he has a gun, like he has a gun, and you don't know what could happen. you know we don't I don't know this man. so even though you know he was he's a policeman, I remember seeing him in uniform and you know very. I didn't, you know, I didn't really spoke, speak with him. He was very professional. He just came to do a job. My mom still had some type of doubt, but God is always on top of all of that stuff. But anyways, so the policeman stopped going. He said, you know, I understand the situation you're going in, but I, I we sent our guy over. Excuse me. We sent our guy over. He never caught the guy. So not really much we can do here until we see him doing the stuff that you said he's doing. And, you know, that's it. So some of the other neighbors were concerned that if the police caught this crazy guy banging the door, he might be locked up. But they didn't think about the fact that this man, this crazy guy, was coming Probably drunk in the middle of the night to disturb our peace. And my mom was by herself with two young girls. They didn't even think about that. They were just more concerned about the other guy that was loose on the streets doing crazy things, you know, you don't know what. And it was just so so crazy to me to go through something like that. And now mostly for me, because you know, I was still a child, but just to see my mom deal with that was so crazy. And then what ended up happening eventually, um, what ended up happening eventually was he actually got caught by the police. And he was put into um, a a place for, I guess you can call it like a behavioral place. I'm not sure what, I'm not sure, I don't have the word right now to say what it is, but in Spanish it's called manicomio. And eventually, you know, we, this, this case had gone crazy because he got let go of that place, you know, because he probably escaped or something. They don't really have in those days in the Dominican Republic, they only have one place for people who had mental issues like that, who were violent and things like that. And eventually, you know, he stopped coming and then we learned that he actually got caught by the police and were put into a crazy house, right? A, a house for people who have behavioral problems and you know they have a psychiatric place. And what ended up happening was that there is a big famous um, person there in the Dominican Republic, very well known though. She still does her show. It's, her name is Nuria and she did a show and one of our neighbors actually went and spoke about him on the new, Nuria show, this is how big this case was, and she said, you know, you went to uh, manicomio one time, to the psychiatric place one time, and you were doing an interview about the condition of this place, and this is, this is the same guy who's asking you for $5 to get cigarettes, and she's like, are you serious? She said, yeah, this is the man who burned out the house, who comes in the middle of the night, and who's out loose on the street, and we don't want him to come back to the neighborhood. So I remember that guy. He actually went on TV and spoke about it, right? And she played back a video where she saw him in the manicomio. And noria nodia Piera was a very, very well known, um, very well known reporter in the Dominican Republic. She has her own TV show for years. So, you know, I love watching watching her stuff, and you know she's got so many awards and things like that so one of our neighbors went and sat down and spoke with her and she said this neighbor did so many crazy things now and we don't want him back apparently he's actually loose and he he escaped this sa- psychiatric place and we don't want him coming back to the neighborhood or whatever and she's like and he's like you know one time you went and did a show on that psychiatric place and looking at the conditions and Nuria is known to be very fierce, Um, like she will go into places that not a lot of people will go, not a lot of news people will go to, and as she's walking by the place, there comes that crazy neighbor, and he's tapping her on the shoulder, this is the lady going around with a microphone doing an interview um, of the place, and he goes and taps on her on the shoulder and says, hey, can I have $5 for cigarettes? And She's like, you know, I don't know what she responded, but they played that video while my other neighbor was on the new on the TV show of Nuria so that she knows who we are speaking about. And she said, oh, wow, that is him. She, and he, just, he goes, yeah, that's the guy who comes over and does all these crazy things. He been in the neighborhood for a while, but then you know he burned out his house, his family had to move out, but then he comes in the middle of the night and does, does these crazy things to this family, you know, referring to me and my mom. So eventually um, that was put on the news my mom, like I said before, always protecting us. She said, I don't want my my kids on TV. I don't want their names being said. I don't want our names being said. So it was when we saw, I remember watching that on TV and saying, Oh, wow, they didn't really mention us. And then now I realized it was actually on purpose. You know, even though we were part of such a big part of that story. None of our names, our family name, nothing was said about us, and that's the reason because my mom didn't want any of that because she didn't want us to be bullied at school. She didn't want us to have some type of reputation about that when you know we were so young and everybody knows everybody in that. I mean, we grew up in that neighborhood, so that is the reason. But I guess what ended up happening to this crazy neighbor, I guess you can call it, was. What we learned, because, you know, then after that, you know, he never came back, actually. He never came back to knock on the door, to bang the door. He never came back. Um, Like I said, we witnessed that many times, especially it was like around 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, consistently. Like, this guy would come every time. He would never come though when the policeman was there. And that was the reason somebody was telling him not to go because he was going to get arrested because he said they will say to him you know they have somebody over there waiting for you so that's how you think people have the best interest in you a lot of the times they don't but anyways later on throughout the years we learned that he actually passed away okay and that uh, his mom also passed but you know his brother the painter he's still very well alive and still doing artwork. work and, you know, like I said, I had a, such a great experience with him because he helped me with the art project one time. And I'm like, I was so, like, fascinated because he's so talented. So I will never forget that moment. And, you know, I really wish him the best. But I got to tell you guys, these are the stories that shape you for, for who you are. And then you see how much, how much your mom, it's, you appreciate your mom even more, how much she had to go through you know, and the whole family having to deal with somebody like that, and just never know what could happen, I guess, you can never know, but um, it's so crazy, but even when that fire happened, we saw God take care of that, because it was, we shared a wall with those people, and that fire never even touched the wall, it was so crazy, and just as the neighbor was, you know, he was he needed help. He he needed, he needed had mental issues. He needed help. But, you know, he grew up older. The mom didn't take care of that. She just basically babied him and never took care of his mental status. And look what happened. He burned the entire house down. Thank you guys so much for listening to my podcast. I hope you share and come back and listen to more stories of my life. Have a good night, everybody. God bless.